and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy, where we are previewing the All Blacks clash with the Italians this weekend, Sunday, 7th of November. Um, and this week, um, I thought that, you know, given I had a Welshman on the podcast last week to help me cover the Welsh, I thought I'd get my nearest and dearest Italian to help me with this week's <laughs> episode. So um that's the brother christian giannotti um first of all man very very grateful for your time and what's doing ah thanks for having me bro first time first time on the pod and long time listeners so it's um yeah great to get the debut and particularly uh the italian boys going up this week it's a um exciting wee game and um yeah man just been kicking it up here and um enjoying it so how you been man i've been pretty good bro i know life's been a lot different to me um compared to you and a lot of other aucklanders seems like we have some light at the end of the tunnel um, but before we get too far sideways with the whole lockdown and vaccination chat, I'd, I'd like to stick more to the rugby while we're on here because I think we both know um, I can get pretty opinionated on a lot of things. But more so to the point, the rugby. The All Blacks played in the Italians. Uh, these two sides have come up against each other 14 times previously, the last time being in 2008 when they won 66-3 and Geordie Barrett. Uh, notably scored four tries whilst playing on the wing. They should have met at the 2019 World Cup, but famously their game was cancelled. I think it was the last of the All Blacks group games due to the typhoon that was rummaging through Japan at the time. And it's fair to say the Italians have never really come close to beating the All Blacks. Um, from the notes that I've got prepared, the closest they came, funnily enough, was at the 1999, 1999, the 1991 World Cup where they lost 31-21. But I wasn't alive to actually watch that game and see how close they actually got. But this weekend, um, as expected, they're fielding a combination of youth and experience. You don't want to call it a C team, but I think that last week's team was, or some of the teams you could even you could have plucked from the last month or so, would you consider B teams? With me thinking that they're probably going to hold their strongest side or their one A side until that last clash with the French, and maybe even next weekend against the Irish, or just at the wait and see. Um, but in the mix this week, you got Sam Kane who's returning um, from his pick injury. I know he had a bit of a run against the Americans, but that was a glorified training run to me and. I'm expecting something similar this weekend, but I'm hoping that the Italians put up a even bigger fight. It'll be, yeah, I think it'll be interesting just to see Sam Kane coming back, and you've also got Dan Coles getting back from injury, and so I think they'll. It's a long tour, right? Like you're you're away from home for that long, and I guess sort of bringing in those younger players and having mixing it around and changing the teams up, like one, it sort of gives players a chance to really, I guess, put assert their sort of name in the jersey and try and get into that one A team, but then also like the likes of Sam Kane and Dan Coles coming back from injury and getting a run. Like, it'll be really good to see them sort of bring what their experience to the, around the younger guys. And I think as well, just Colsey bringing that aggression against the Italians up front will be pretty good to see. It's interesting because I've had this chat with a few of the other boys as to why they would have brought those guys in because they uh, missed the Australian leg of this tour and only joined the side on their way to America. And... Mm -hmm. I know that things have been disrupted here in New Zealand because of COVID. Um, so obviously Auckland, North Harbour and Counties Monaco didn't take part in the resumed Bunnings NPC. But I would have thought that given Sam Kane, um, yeah, Sam Kane specifically has said that he's still pretty undercooked. And this is probably the last time we see him in 2021. Mm -hmm. 
given you know the the magnitude of the next two tests would he have been better off playing local bunnings nbc for bay of plenty the last month rather yeah. than sitting out last week same with i know dane cole's had a couple of games for wellington um and again like you mentioned the leadership that those guys bring into the camp and you know maybe that all that stuff also ties into their preparation during the week so Again, like as guys yeah, yeah. Who, who aren't it's in a, that All Blacks mix, eh? Hey? Like, it's, it's just interesting to me, like, why they'd fly him all the way over there just to play in two pretty dead rubbery games. Yeah, I, I feel like he'd probably be one of those players, like, as much as he'd bring on the field, there'd be a lot, like, he's a pretty respected leader off the field as well. And so having such quite a young travelling team, like, I think having those old heads around who's sort of been there and done that and won the World Cups would, would be massive. And I think it's probably against this Italian team, like, of sort of, had a little bit of a deep dive into the team and there's not they're quite an experience as well and so it's potential yeah i mean he's he's a world-class player and will probably be able to hold his own against the italians i think and coming back from injury you always sort of want to get a not an easier one but you want to you don't want to be throwing them in the deep end against england to start off with yeah that's true i guess you'd rather him get some form of test rugby than put him on ice for what, yeah. What, what, you know, put him on ice for a year and then have him come back into the mix. Um, but it is, it is interesting. The NPC, like, I mean, particularly coming off such a big injury, it would have been cool to, you know, it's always great having the All Blacks playing in that NPC. There's so many young guys and they bring a lot of experience to that as well. So I guess it's just sort of where he fits in. But no, I'm excited to see him play. I think he'll go well. I mean, he'll surely bring a, a bit of energy and hopefully the, the pick holds out. Well, he's definitely more experienced than the other loose forwards as part of that trio, Hoskins, Tutu, and Luke Jacobson. But going a step further down the inexperienced route is the two locks that they're fielding. Uh, Josh yeah. Lord made his test debut against the Americans two weekends ago, and Tupo Vai was only brought into the team last year. Both, I think Josh is 20 and Tupo's 21, 22. So this is definitely an opportunity to take a look we pass this upcoming World Cup more towards 2027. Yep, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? like just particularly having the young guys come in and they're obviously bringing their own um, bit of energy and, and that. So it's, um, it's going to be cool to watch. I think our locks traditionally have always been quite the old heads for so long. So bringing out blood some young players and give them experience in the starting team is a, is a good shout. I know that John Puntry touched on last year the fact that they didn't have the greatest stocks in the locking department. And I was quite surprised with Josh Lord's selection, actually. I've been a fan of Putty Putty Parkinson's for a while, and I know that he's been battling a few injuries and maybe that went into play. But, yeah, I guess it's another opportunity for the young Taranaki lad. I know he went to Hamilton Boys, but I'm pretty sure his family's from Taranaki to get another run and for Tupo Vai to perhaps stamp his claim at a bench spot while... You know, you got Patrick Tuipulotu and Scott Barrett chilling back here in New Zealand for personal reasons. Um, other notable selections for this week, and you've already touched on Colsey, is Mwanga coming back in to run the cutter. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I, I think it was, you know, I think that jersey almost picked itself. Um, yeah. Or picked the player that's going to be fielding in it, um, considering Bodie played last weekend and they're probably wanting to put him on ice because he is the form 10. Um, he's been playing pretty well. I think last week he really showed his class and he's really putting the pressure on, I think, for that 10 jersey. So it'd be interesting to see how Richie, given his shot, will be able to sort of run around and um, how, how he plays. Well, you have to think as well that, oh, I don't know who they're going to play at 10 next week because 
out of the next two games, the bigger one for me is the French. Mm-hmm. And in an ideal world, we'd like to see both of those guys given a crack before the year's end, that being Richie and Bodie against two top-tier opposition. But maybe we only see Bowden Barrett riding the cutter. Say There's only so many positions and everyone's... Yeah, exactly. And, I, and it looks like Ian Foster's done away with the whole 10-15 thing with, with Richie and Bodie. Um, I myself was a fan of it, but I know that a lot of people weren't and it wasn't producing the results on the field. But it's just one of those things now where two world-class players and one's going to have to suck it up and only play the last 20 minutes. And, and it's, I mean, it's a pretty um, unreal sort of challenge to be going through, like two world-class players that without a doubt would be starting for any other team. To have, I guess, the likes of, you've got Damian McKenzie and Geordie pushing for that 15 and then also, it's like, well, where do you play Bodie? Is it at 15 or 10? But personally, I like Bodie at 10. Just, I, I, I liked it. I was very skeptical of the change, putting him at 15. And I think last week really showed his class and what he can do. Because people were writing him off and saying Richie was the better 10 for a while. But, you know, he still did me dirty leaving to the Blues. But uh, I think the thing that Bowden's benefited from is the fact that his brother's taken over the goal kicking. So he doesn't have to worry about that. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge part. And that was always the question mark for him is that, in the pressure games, like, can't kick goals. But the fact Geordie can slot them from 60 metres out has kind of solved that issue, and he's, he's playing bloody well. So mm. it'll be interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I touched on that right at the start of the year, the idea that if you take away the goal kicking for him, it leaves him to just do his role, which he excels at. Mm. But the thing that I want to mention in relation to Bowden and his form as of late you know, last week's team, you know, the Welsh, they weren't that great. Like, again, like, you can only play who's put in front of you, but yep. we, we have to admit that it wasn't a flash team. And then against the South Africans, which was probably the, the two toughest matchups we've had to date. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, who's to know what's to come over the next fortnight? He was good, but he wasn't great. So I, I don't feel like Bowden... I feel like Bowden's almost pulled himself back to where he's neck and neck with Richie, but I'm by no means sold that Bodie's thrust himself back out in front because this wouldn't have been the case had Richie Wonga gone on tour and played in Australia. He would have been the first choice, first five, because that's what it was before they left. Yep. But he stayed for far no reasons, and no one can shake their head at that because I think we all agree that there's more to life than rugby. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting... Um, so Nick, it's a tough question yeah. and like I think they're, they're both sort of um, pushing for the jersey and it's just going to be interesting to see with Richie coming back how he plays and like, as you said they're probably neck and neck right now and everyone's got their own two cents of where they who they think should be in that 10 jersey but um, yeah, I guess the decision's down to the coaches at the end of the day and they've just got to put their best foot forward and see what happens really. Yeah but this well for me it's just like I, I don't think it really matters what Richie does this week this weekend. I think the coaches already have made up their mind as to what lineup they want to run next week. Yep. I'm hoping that Richie Moonga gets another run next week against the Irish. And then it's like, okay, well, then you can make your decision as to who you want to play against the French. Um, but I feel like they're probably more so siding towards the way of Bodie, um, given that they've picked Moonga for this clash. Because in an ideal world, um, you'd almost want to run your third string first five against a team like the Italians, but we don't really have one at the moment, right? Yeah, I think. It'd be maybe, geez, Geordie or Dan? Nah, McKenzie, but they've, they've thrown Isn't him in that... there a couple of times, but I, I think they've come to the conclusion that he's just not a test level 10. Yeah, and I agree with that. It's um, Yeah, they always sort of run him out. And 
I mean, T, TJ's even played at 10, but it's yeah, sort of yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Watching yeah. Sprawls, though. Yeah, I mean, he did it for the Canes as well. Wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> but when you got a guy like Jamie Booth on the bench, mate, um, and then I don't know. Yeah, I guess that 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 that's a debate for another day. But moreover yeah. to the Italians, um, I know that you've done a fair bit of research uh, in the last twenty four hours, brushing up on your home country, <laughs> well, your your heritage. Sorry, your, your heritage country. So I'll hand the mic back over to you, bro. And when you give yeah. us a quick rundown on what to expect I from think them, it's pretty interesting. Eh? Like just just dusting. I mean, I didn't know a lot about the team leading into this, and it was um sort of a good excuse to sort of do a bit of a dive in and understand what the Italian team is doing. And with their new coach, Kieran Crowley, I really think it's going to be an interesting game for them. He's coming, um, having previously coached Canada and is coming into this team pretty uh, pretty fresh. I heard he said that they've uh, had 10 days preparation for the game. Crazy. Um, so, yeah, they're coming in very, very fresh against the All Blacks team that's been playing together for some months now. And um, the biggest thing he was talking about was that the self-belief and sort of the, the Italian culture over the past few years has been quite a negative one with like previous coaches and players whenever there's anything going on it's never a culture of like positive or building people up it's they're always very quick to sort of shoot people down and so what I think he's trying to install is sort of this culture around building people up and um, I guess blooding these young players so that in sort of five years time they can um, get back to being um, an elite European team because they, they haven't won uh, any, I think they've won a Six Nations game in like uh, since 2015. So, well, that's yeah. well, that's the tough thing for them. Like on one hand, there's people who argue that they have to be playing in the Six Nations to get themselves used to playing against the best teams in the world or some of the mm. best teams in the world. But at the same time, there's only so many positives you can take out of getting 20 point defeats or 20 points plus defeats week in week out. So mm. it's like weird, like. I don't have it's the a, answer for a, it. It's a, it's a tough one. And he sort of, he, he did touch on this and it was a part of the issue with Italian rugby is that they do only have two professional teams. And so there's Benetton and Zebri, um, who I think Benetton was well, uh, either or was previously coached by um, that Kieran Crowley. But he he's basically saying like, it's really hard for them because obviously the younger players aren't getting a look in in these sort of two professional teams because foreign internationals are playing in sort of some of the key positions. Mm. And so they do, they do have it quite tough. Like they've got pretty strong um, age grade teams, but then I think that sort of pathway for them to build, um, I guess, those, those young players up is, is quite challenging. And so, yeah, I think for them, bro, it's just going to be like a matter of putting a bit of pride in the jersey. And I know they're definitely up against it um, coming in with, and with only 10 days, 10 days notice or 10 days warm-up for the game, but uh, I think it'll just be when they're getting absolutely flogged in the second half and who can sort of stand up and wants to actually take it to the ABs instead of taking a back seat and um, kind of going going hiding. Yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath on that last part um, <laughs> because I'm expecting, you know, given what you've told me about the money having t- 10 days prep and only be able to pick from two clubs, I'm expecting a cricket score. And I know that you're a punter, so do you yeah. have some numbers for us to throw out yeah, there for this do. weekend? Do. And why don't you round um, it off with your um your score prediction? So I think just reading into that, I think the ABs, they've got a lot of stock coming off the bench. And I think my player to watch this week is going to be Brad Weber. I think he's probably 
just after this tour and sort of how he's been going with the Chiefs, he's really sort of starting to um, sort of state himself as that second nine. He is for and me, think, yep. Yeah, and I, I, I think he is, and um, sort of that's becoming sort of more widespread. And I think um, he really needs to step up as a leader, and I think he, he is for the Chiefs, and him and Richie Moe are going to be running a, a pretty good cutter. And so I'm uh, going to put a wee bit on old Brad Weber to put the, the Sharky fin up twice, I think. So mm. he's, he's paying uh, 6 50 to score more than twice, and then the AVs are actually paying... Ten dollars to win by more than eighty points. So I think those two, uh, Brad to score a couple of times, and then uh, the ABs to win by more than eighty. Yeah, I think that'll probably be a bit of a play. And then also um, second half tries at a dollar sixty-seven. I think there's going to be more tries in the second half than the first half. With uh, I think the the talent with Jordy and Dave Favilli coming off the bench, I think will be a bit of a onslaught in the second half. The Italians get on the board, or do they have a donut by the end of the um, oh, end of the fixture? You'd love to see them get a dot. Like, you know, they're always so fizzed, and it, it'd be like, um, it'd be so massive for them to score. I guess in Rome against the All Blacks. So yeah, I'm hoping they score, but I'm definitely not holding my breath. It'll um, it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out with, um, I guess that that little prep and and how that translates to the field. But um, yeah, I, I had it also. Uh, some correspondence with Cam Nonu, uh, the Welly Deep Pundits Instagram uh, bit of the week. And he, he thinks that Luke Jacobson to score any time is a bit of value at $2.45. Mm. So I don't know. What are you picking, mate? Have you got any um, tips for the week or what are you backing? You and me both know I'm a pretty fucking frugal bastard. So um, <laughs> no money will be being exchanged from my pocket to the TAB. If you, but... if you were to throw any heat around, what, what do you think's happening? Oh, I, I think they put triple digits up. Triple digits. Yeah, ten games prep for a bunch of guys. You like again. You as much as I don't think this game's going to count for anything, and Richie Wong is caused to start next week. I think he'll come out and try make a statement. Yeah, definitely. And then, like you mentioned, you got Brad Weber in there in the mix, and he does have a nose for the try line. Yeah, I think with it being so open and like the the running like. You have Damian McKenzie coming from the back and mm. sort of a lot of open play. Yeah. Really, really, really good at that sort of running those good lines to sort of pop up in the right place to score tries. I think as long as they don't get too carried away with the offloading like they did against the Americans, yeah, we could see uh, a really fluid performance with a lot of spectacular tries. Yeah, I'm hoping that comes because, I mean, that American game was great. Again, there was a lot of errors and mistakes and they'd probably take a lot from that game and hopefully um yeah if they turn up against the, the Italians it'll be a massive massive game yeah but I'll have to link up with you on Sunday depending on how you pull up um to get the recap uh podcast done yeah. but from now until then brother a little bit later in the afternoon I think. <laughs> <laughs> most definitely but yeah um from now until then bro look after yourself and yeah hopefully we recap right. in a, a good game footy yeah, brother, take care and um, we'll be in touch soon, eh?